Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Hey there, welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. I'm excited to be talking to you today with a solo episode talking about a concept I like to call ordinary eating. We will get into what that is later in the episode and how it shows up in healing your relationship to food. But I wanted to first thank you for all of the feedback that I got about my episode with Sarah Dundar. So many of you really liked what she had to say, and I wanted to let you know that I plan on having her on again in the future. So stay tuned for that episode. We plan to talk about some things related to warmer weather, whether that's clothing, activity activities, social eating, and really just how this, this might show up, you know, these different things that line up with how you feel about what you're eating and and your relationship to food. So if you have any topic ideas or suggestions or things you might like us to discuss, don't hesitate to reach out to me and I'm happy to include those in upcoming episodes. So thank you again. Um, really appreciate all that you had to say about her. So as far as today goes, this topic of ordinary eating, it's not necessarily something that I think you would see in a book somewhere, maybe a lot of people talking about. It's just a concept that I've sort of named um, ordinary eating, um, and it's something that I've, I've noticed in talking with a lot of people who are healing their relationship to food. So... I want to talk a little bit about what I'm kind of defining as ordinary eating and and what I'm not defining ordinary eating and how it shows up again in your, in healing your relationship to food. So let me first tell you a story from a client last week uh, where we were talking about this for her. So ordinary eating was something that came up when we were talking last week and This client is in a place in her recovery where she's done a ton of work. She's really rejected a lot of the rules that she had about food. She comes from a long history of dieting that led her into disordered eating. You know, she had this short list of foods that felt okay for her to eat and others that did not. And she always felt guilty because she was never living up to these bizarre and unrealistic standards of these rules that were in her head, you know, um, she should only eat uh, grilled chicken with berries or egg whites and berries for breakfast or, you know, fish and steamed vegetables at night and for dinner. And it just, it, she was obviously like most of you, um, unable to sustain that level of restrictive food rules that overlapped with each other and were sometimes okay and sometimes not okay. And so again, she's really worked through a lot of that and she's kind of coming out on this other side where she's looking at, you know, how much time and energy does she want to devote to cooking and preparing food and thinking about food? 
how is her life and schedule and energy available? Um, how is that impacted by food now that she's removed so much morality and guilt from that? Um, how does she choose to eat, um, in ways that she's not looking to constantly alter the size and shape of her body? What type of things does she choose to eat in restaurants? What are snacks that she gives herself day to day? What are meals that she makes for her and her husband at night? And how does she feel about that? Um, so, you know, we're, for her, we're kind of looking at, you know, how does she feel about food and fitting into other areas of her life? What were her expectations in this process? And, uh, and where does she want to go from here? So some of the things that, that we noticed for her was this concept of, of ordinary eating was starting to come up around what does she have left in healing her relationship to food? She had this kind of like lingering guilt around not having more vegetables or not kind of achieving this nirvana that I think she thought she would arrive at of, you know, the quote unquote perfect level of interest in food and, you know, the perfect level of craving things that are quote unquote healthy and, you know, allowing herself to have things that are quote unquote less healthy and being okay with it. And so she got there and she was kind of like, is this it? And, um, again, just uncomfortable with walking away from, really just feeling like she's in a good place in her life with eating and everything else she has going on, but kind of wondering if there's more as there's this next level of fine tuning and, and health promoting behavior. She should be, you know, seeking, you know, what's left for her. And so for her, the way we were talking about ordinary eating and how I think it shows up with some of my clients is it's not to suggest that there's some quote unquote right way to be, um, with food. Um, there's, I don't believe there's any one way of eating or ordinary eating that doesn't exist, but, um, you know, when you come from this history of achieving and dieting and seeking and seeking and perfecting and, and striving, you know, like being in the cycle of dieting for so many years leaves you in ordinary for her. And the way we were talking about it felt like a good word for some people who just are settling in. And this is just the level of energy and expectation that they want to put into eating day in, day out. And so ordinary means kind of like letting go of that seeking and that striving and just being in more of an ebb and flow with food. And that again, doesn't mean that you're not thinking about, you know, what do you need to get at the grocery this week? What are some things that you plan on eating? What are foods that you like to keep around? But there's just this reduced importance and focus on it. And, and it was important for her because what she figured out is that she was kind of quote unquote done. And, and it's not that you're ever like done, you know, enhancing your relationship to food, your life will change, your body will change, your schedule will change, your interests and in what foods sound good to you at the moment will change. But it, there's just this reduced focus that, that feels like almost too easy, you know, when you've gotten used to that. And, and so for her ordinary meant letting go and just really being comfortable with, with where she's at. Um, and that can feel so contrary to other areas of your life where you're used to, you know, maybe always advancing your professional experience or growing as a person or, you know, trying a new hobby or traveling to a new place. I mean, we're always changing and growing. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that by embracing this idea of what is your definition of ordinary eating would eliminate, but what would that mean to just assume that how you're eating 
is okay. And, and just taking that feedback day to day, you know, this particular client, one of the things she discovered is that, you know, she holds herself to the expectation of having a home cooked meal every night or ordering, you know, the perfect takeout that it had to be a certain way, but, but it felt like giving herself permission if she had a day where she was lower energy and, you know, a bowl of cereal and some cheese sticks and popcorn and kind of calling that dinner. I mean, you know, neither end of that extreme would be what you would want to do all the time necessarily, but how do they coexist for you? And, and what does that look like? So, um, some ways that I think you could take this concept of an ordinary eating, um, and apply it to, to your life would be to think about a couple things. So, I want you to examine how you feel about food and other areas of your life. You know, how important has food been to you? Is it, you know, something that you're really paying attention to when you were dieting or in an an eating disorder and maybe less so important now? And that's, that's maybe an okay thing. Um, Is it something that you feel like you've only ever been in kind of like an effort, um, not really paying much attention, just reacting to every single thing in front of you? moment when, when you weren't, you know, dieting or going on vacation or whatever. And so maybe, maybe for you, you need to, I don't know, sit down and think about what are some snacks that you need to have with you when you're at school or at your job or, or what are some meals you might want to make soon or looking for convenience products such as like canned sauces and things that you can flavor your dishes with all purpose spices, seasonings, um, frozen meals, et cetera, that, that you could be utilizing. Because maybe you're in a season of your life where you're just not really that into cooking, but, but you need to, you know, have food to eat. Um, or maybe it's taking a look at like, what were your expectations in this process of healing your relationship to food? Have you kind of arrived or are are you kind of okay with where you are now? And are you settling into this phase or are there some changes that you'd like to make, but they're more ongoing? Um, you know, did you think that you would arrive in this place that, maybe was a little harder than, than where you are now. I think in general, it's just a helpful concept to kind of frame out in healing your relationship to food. I think for often, often it can come a little bit later as well. I think in the beginning of healing your relationship to food, again, you're like my client, I, I, I shared about you're looking at, you know, what are, what are all of these rules that you have about food? What are things that you feel guilty about and why? Where did you hear about that? Um, you know, how do you start eating a bit more regularly? What does that look like for you? Um, how do you feel about the size and shape of your body and how does that impact your permission to eat? Um, you know, you're doing a lot of examination and rejection, working through and bringing things in. It's maybe a bit more of an active process. And then later on, you're kind of cultivating this idea of what is enough when, when do I feel, you know, kind of done. So, um, it's okay if, if you're listening to this and and it feels overwhelming to think about maybe, maybe you're not there yet, or maybe you're at the beginning and, and maybe you're listening to this thinking about, gosh, well, where am I headed? You know, what do I want to, what am I working towards and what do I expect out of this process? So, um, I think some questions that you can maybe ask yourself to examine this concept a little bit more in depth is, you know, what level of importance does food serve in my life? Uh, you know, I'm a dietitian. I think food can really be helpful. I mean, the eating enough and, and eating things that, that feel good to us can positively change our lives in ways that, you know, we might not have imagined, but beyond that, I mean, maybe food isn't so revolutionary to you, or maybe, 
It means embracing your inner foodie and really enjoying food and liking food and not feeling guilty about that. Um, and, and really seeing that as, as a good thing, you know, what, what level of importance does food serve in your life? And, you know, the next thing I would think you might want to take a look at is, you know, what do I think about, uh, convenience foods, cooking, eating out, processed foods, takeout. What, what do you think about some of those topics? Are they things that you might, um, need to use more of or less of and, and what in changing those, what would that look like for you in your life? What would that, how would that impact your day to day? How much time and energy do you have to devote to food? Uh, how much energy do you want to give to food? less than it is now, more than it is now. Do you expect that to change throughout your life? Maybe you're in a season of life where you don't have a lot of time to, you know, prepare fresh foods and chop up fruits and vegetables every day or uh, and maybe, you know, buying them already cooked and chopped is maybe prohibitive to you in in financial or, you know, time sense or access sense. But you know what? Is that something that we could expect to change? You know, again, what what does this look like um, for you? And what would that mean? And I think this next part is looking at your identity. A lot of times when we're dieting or we've been really obsessed with eating in a certain way, um, like this particular client I was talking about earlier, she was known as being kind of this healthy eater in her family. A lot of people in her family diet. There's a lot of value placed on that. So when you're the one that's not, it feels odd. And, um, or I was talking to another client the other day who, you know, in her family, she's known as the healthy eater, the one who's always trying the newest thing, the one who always has all the food preparation tips. And, and for her, she, you know, she might feel liberated by buying a jar of peanut sauce rather than, you know, scouring the internet and, and putting pressure on herself to make her own. There's no right way. None of these examples that, that I'm listing are, are the way I expect it to be for you. Again, I just want to get your wheels turning and thinking about yourself and, and giving you permission. And I guess I hope this concept of being an ordinary eater can, can serve you well. It's again, flexible, fluid. It's, it's an invitation. It's, it's some questions to ask yourself. And I think it's really in the bigger picture, looking at, you know, what, what is your individual balance of time and energy and, um, how much you identify with eating in a certain way or, or what level of perfection or seeking or effort or striving you'd like to place or not place on food and, you know, coming from a dietitian, I hope that's helpful because there's no, again, right way to be. This episode is not shaming people who spend a lot of time and energy devoted to food. This episode is not shaming people who devote um, less time and energy. And again, we can consider even just the privilege of this conversation. Not all of us, you know, have time and money and energy to really, again, consider on obtaining food, medical conditions, disabilities. All of these things can impact how much energy and time we have available to food preparation. And so I guess for you, you know, what what does ordinary eating mean to you if that's a concept that resonates or again, if some other questions in this episode surrounding your identity, energy, and time and how you feel about eating, you know, I'd invite you to, to let that evolve and change with you as you continue to heal your relationship to food. Part of stepping out of diet culture or getting away from an eating disorder is that, that you have the opportunity to really think about these things for yourself. There's no script. There's no plan. There's no rules to follow and there's no right way. So 
I hope this serves you in your healing and I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.